Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Sweet Nothings podcast. Even if this is your first time here, I can promise you that this is your new home of relaxed, funny, and informative chats all about the love of eating. We'll talk about the latest food trends, controversial opinions, and all things edible. All of them. If you are new here, or you've simply forgotten, my name is Kelly. I'm a an uncertified food nerd that's been writing on the blog Maverick Baking for longer than I care to disclose. You can also find me on YouTube, on Instagram, on all of your friendly neighborhood social media platforms, probably bleating on about chocolate, ice cream, or the state of the diet industry. Or all three at once. Folks, it's February, which means that very likely, no matter where on this planet of ours do you reside currently, you're likely being bombarded with the commercialization of love. And by that I mean Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's inescapable. It starts to appear and read its head almost instantly after the kind of Christmas marketing dies down and definitely as the kind of January diet explosion dies down, we're met with why have you not purchased a dozen roses and chocolates for your lover or just for yourself immediately? You'll see it in supermarkets, you'll see it in restaurants, you'll see it in cafes, you'll see it in chocolate shops, undeniably. You'll even see it from recipe bloggers like myself. All of us jump on that red and pink tinted bandwagon that rides through until about the 15th of February when all of our attention turns to Easter instead. (laughs) But while the chocolate is still heart-shaped rather than egg-shaped, I thought we would take some time today to revel in the fun and just absolute unjustifiable nonsense that comes with Valentine's Day and all of its food. Though quickly I want to touch upon a trend on TikTok I only became aware of this month in terms of baking essentially. The yogurt toast. If you haven't seen any examples of this I think it has been going around for a few weeks now perhaps even a few months it just hasn't found its way onto my feed until recently, but the yogurt toast basically involves mixing together yogurt, cinnamon and egg yolks, slathering this mixture onto a piece of bread and then baking it in the oven, the result being some kind of, I mean, what looks relatively appealing, especially when you put some syrup or some fruit on top, like an unsweetened custard baked on top of a piece of bread. I don't hate it and I've yet to try it, but let me know your thoughts. But enough small talk, let's delve deep into the depths of our own hearts and see what kind of nonsense is being slung to us by supermarkets and the like this Valentine's Day. Once we've done that, I want to get into an even juicier question that I asked all of you lovely people on social media this week. What foods do we love the most? But first, let's find the ones that are stupid. (laughs) I would be remiss not to mention at this time of year, the return of the Marks and Spencer love sausage. (laughs) Forgive me. If you are listening from within the United Kingdom at the moment, you may know what I'm talking about. Marks and Spencer are essentially genius kind of troll food marketers as of the past 10 years in a bid to stay relevant among people below the age of 40 and below double the national average salary. (laughs) But the love sausage is one of those gimmicks that has stuck around for at least three consecutive years now. If you're unaware of what I'm talking about, Marks & Spencer is a kind of department store but focuses mostly on its food nowadays. And their love sausage is two sausages 
formed into a heart raw and wrapped in bacon, which is intended to be roasted in the oven with two eggs cracked in the centre, apparently, or just roasted in the oven and then served like that. Because as we know, there is nothing more romantic for you and your companion this Valentine's Day than chomping on sausage for dinner. Asda offered up a fairly weak competitor, in my opinion, from what I saw from their feed most recently, Asda being another big British supermarket, if you're not a follower. Their offering was one of their very, very dry-looking oven pizzas, (laughs) shaped into a heart, topped with some vegetables, and some heart-shaped pieces of cheese. Why they couldn't have just sold a pizza that was maybe a bit larger than normal, intended for sharing, or maybe a pizza that was one flavour on one side and one on the other, attempting to, you know, market the sharing concept and the cutesy idea of his and hers, his and his, hers and hers, theirs and theirs. It just seems a hell of a lot more creative and actually sensible than a really basic looking pizza that just has some heart-shaped cheese. (laughs) Starbucks, of course, could not resist chiming in for Valentine's Day as they do for every notable commercialised event and just any events they can come up with, really. Their Valentine's drinks are actually quite tame in the United Kingdom. I can't speak for the US. I know you guys like to go over the top with everything. But in Starbucks UK stores, you will only find two specialist Valentine's Day drinks, one being the Berry Iced Cappuccino. A dreamy blend of Starbucks espresso, fused with soft berry and raspberry notes, all poured through a layer of fluffy raspberry cold foam over ice and finished with a stripe of strawberry powder. I truly admire whoever wrote the copy for this advertising because it is very Nigel Slater. It's very Nigella Lawson to read. (laughs) However, the concept of mixing the flavour of raspberry or strawberry with coffee is one that just doesn't sit well in my brain or in my mouth. The the concept of a handful of raspberries and then a sip of a coffee, cold or hot, doesn't doesn't pair well. You're pairing strong and bitter with strong and sour at the same time. Has anyone ever asked for this? (laughs) Plus, combining that with the lovely kind of foaminess of a cappuccino and then more strawberry powder on top? I have no idea. I truly have no idea. And the fact that it's an ice drink in February is also very bold. Some of us, of course, will be diehard iced coffee people even in cold weather, but not everyone is. Starbucks' other offering, the Berry Hot Chocolate, seems a bit more sensible. This is described as juicy raspberry notes paired with rich, smooth mocha sauce and steamed milk, all topped with pink raspberry cold foam and a light dusting of strawberry powder. This makes a bit more sense. Chocolate and strawberries are a classic Valentine's Day combination. Chocolate and raspberries are delicious together in baked goods, in pastries, in cakes, everything. And the concept of a warm, berry hot chocolate isn't one you see very often. It feels February appropriate. It feels somewhat romanticised. This one I actually like. (laughs) Something else I spotted that I liked was actually another entry from Marks and Spencer, which was the concept of a box of chocolate matches with the offering cheesy caption on top being 
you're my perfect match. Now these are made of blonde chocolate, which is that kind of caramel tasting white chocolate with a little bit of like red chocolate at the end, which I like. I think that's genuinely quite innovative. It's cutesy. It's an affordable little gift. And it's something that's a bit different from the usual box of Lindor chocolates, Ferrero Rocher, milk tray, or whatever you can find at the petrol station on your way home from work. But Marks and Spencer's other chocolate offering is one that I have a few more questions to raise with their marketing department. This being their I love you to pieces chocolate heart. Now this isn't new. This is a concept I've seen and many of us have probably seen from several kind of online purveyors. And it's essentially a large shading sized hollow red sprayed chocolate heart that's served with a small soft wooden mallet. The idea being that you use said mallet to smash the heart into pieces to reveal the red dusted chocolate truffles nestled inside. Now again, quite creative, really, you know, not original, but quite cutesy, it's a bit interactive, it's a bit exciting. But surely someone in the marketing team must have looked at it and thought, what's romantic about smashing a heart to pieces unless you're buying this for yourself? If that was the case, that could have been quite cute. It could have been like, the chocolate breakup heart sold in an individual serving for you to bludgeon to smithereens before enjoying singly, individually, alone. But the idea of sharing a broken heart just feels like something people need to go to therapy for instead of eating. <laughs> Another offering from Starbucks was a plain vanilla shortbread with some plain icing and some incredibly plain piping on top that says love or be mine or forever with a green heart at the end distinctly St. Patrick's Day looking if not for the heart-shaped biscuit and generally very very dull but something folks that I am extremely excited to bring you and could not be described as dull is the penis waffle the dick waffle the cock waffle whatever you would like to title it (laughs) Again, I don't know if these are original. I feel like the internet has probably shared images of such things before. But thanks to a food page I follow in Vancouver, Canada, I was informed of phallic-shaped Belgian waffles referred to as the members that are made freshly at a spot in Vancouver, especially for Valentine's Day. Now, not only are these generously sized penis waffles available on a stick complete with relatively Hey Bar and Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted uncensored and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! You know, detailed biology. (laughs) But they come dipped in chocolate, in your preferred shade, you know? And while it's progressive, we love to see it. (laughs) Because it means that you can have it dipped in white chocolate, and milk chocolate, dark chocolate, in rainbow chocolate, and then dipped in sprinkles for the extremely fruity among us. You can have it your way. 
truly. The part that becomes slightly nauseating is when it's then drizzled with extra white chocolate right at the tip for extra kind of realism. And then you have to eat that. Not only that, but you have to eat it in public after paying what I imagine in Vancouver for a limited edition item is probably at least six Canadian dollars. <laughs> Obviously hilarious to share on social media. My, I'll take my hat off to anyone who is willing to walk around one of Canada's busiest cities publicly chomping on a penis waffle. But do tell me your thoughts. <laughs> Would you pay for this experience? <laughs> or is it solely for those with a public humiliation kink? <laughs> You're listening to the Sweet Nothings podcast. If you want more recipes, food reviews, and knowledge on all things edible, you can find it at maverickbaking.com and at maverickbaking on YouTube. But aside from the weird and wonderful stupid Valentine's Day food that we are always treated to at this time of year, if anything, too briefly, the gap between the weight loss January conversation and the cock waffle February conversation, I feel, needs to be longer. We need to have more Valentine's Day marketing as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> if this is the quality of produce we're receiving. But those aside, on the back of last month's slightly more heavy and ranty episode, which, you know, berated the diet industry for everything it deserves to be berated for, this month, rather than talk about romance itself, but not wanting to divert entirely away from the topic of love, I asked you guys what food you love the most above all else. What kind of thing could you eat every single day? What's something that could be offered to you at any time, even in the middle of the night, and you would snap it up without a second thought? What's a food that evokes emotions in you that no other does? I asked you for your opinions on both Instagram and YouTube, and as always, you lovely folks did not disappoint. We have had a truly broad and varied bunch of responses, which I am a little bit surprised by in terms of the variety of the actual foods, but very grateful and happy to see the kind of cultural diversity in all of the answers. One of the top answers received, which probably will not surprise most of you, is pizza. One I wholeheartedly agree with. Italy did a bloody fantastic job creating that back when they did because no combination of bread, tomato and cheese ever tires me and clearly it often doesn't tire other people either. It's endlessly customizable. It can and does meet every major requirement of human macronutrients. You can make it as excessive and decadent as you like. You can make it as light, ethereal and nutritious as you like. It's incredible. Even when it's bad, it's good. Whether you're eating authentic pizza on a piazza in Italy, enjoying the taste of the best mozzarella cheese you've ever, ever consumed, for the mere price of like six euros, or whether you're reheating some tandoori chicken pizza concoction you found in the depths of your freezer for your dinner. They both offer a hell of a lot of joy for people of all ages and all backgrounds. Another lovely and highly agreeable answer was cheese. I think only the lactose intolerant and the insane of mind could disagree with this. <laughs> cheese, again, timeless, classic, goes with everything, goes with sweet, goes with savoury, fits in some cultures as a breakfast food, in others as a dinner food, some as a snack, some age it, some age it for years in dark, damp conditions, others take it straight from the straining cloth not too far away from the cow that the milk came from and 
aside from kasumartsu, that kind that comes crawling with maggots traditionally from Sardinia, I'm not sure there's many cheeses on this planet that everyone wouldn't want to try at least once. Someone got brave and answered with oysters. Quite an unusual one. I've only had oysters about two or three times in my life, but I do get the appeal. They feel nowadays, though they used to be the food of the poor and the less fortunate in society, but oysters do feel very luxurious. They feel very elite, very special when they're served to you. Unlike a lot of fish you find, they really do taste like the sea. They have that weird sort of fresh saltiness, but with no distinctive flavour, which I think is why it's so easy to eat so many of them. They have a romantic quality about them, which, you know, makes sense at this time of year. And there's something I think nowadays you would only eat at special times, which makes them even easier to love. Another answer was chocolate, which I, again, wholeheartedly agree with in every form, from the cheapest, sweetest, milk powderiest white chocolate to the richest single origin dark chocolate. There don't exist many edible substances on the face of the earth that I enjoy as much as chocolate. A couple of commenters mentioned pasta, especially the kind of fresh variety, in that it just hits different. And even though it's such a simple, affordable and accessible food, it's just so good. Whether it's handmade fresh ravioli, that gives you a mental breakdown while making it, (laughs) or whether it's a box of cheap, dry spaghetti that you turn into a very basic pasta with tomato sauce dish. It's so commonly eaten where I live here in Italy, obviously, it was invented here. It's a very easy and affordable way to feed a crowd, and it's just so delicious. It's so customizable. Much like pizza, it can be as heavy and lavish as you like, or as light and nutritious as you like. And while we've had some kind of more vague and generic answers, which are perfectly valid, and mostly because they're so customizable and versatile that you love all their forms, something that really, really warmed my heart reading your responses was some of you got into the real specifics of a dish or of a certain foodstuff that makes you feel some kind of love. The first of these was moist chocolate cake with whipped cream and iced coffee. That is literally a mouth-watering combination of foods for me too. Iced coffee at any time of day, dairy milk, oat milk, soy milk, almond milk, anything. If there's ice and coffee involved, I'm with you, 100%. And to pair that with a moist chocolate cake and whipped cream, first of all, you are living very well very well, you lucky, 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 lucky person. And I couldn't agree more. That sounds like something that that is endlessly lovable. And I like the idea that you're eating that combination regularly, or that you've only had it once and it was so good, it hasn't left your mind. (laughs) Someone else commented that a cheeseburger with bacon, not just burgers, but a cheeseburger with bacon is something that hits right every single time. And While I'm not a huge, huge burger lover, I absolutely agree. It's one of those foods that slaps like no other and is more filling and satisfying and kind of carnal than many others. Someone said that their guilty habit is boba tea. While I stand by the fact that no habits should make you feel guilty when it comes to food, I completely agree on boba tea. 
Being Scottish, I wasn't, you know, able to access the joy of it as early as other parts of the world, but having had it two or three times, I get the hype. It's fun, it's pretty, it's delicious, it's a dessert and a drink in one, it's a whole meal if you buy a big enough cup. (laughs) I totally understand the love, the comfort and the good vibes that boba tea brings. Another kind commenter said that tikka masala followed equally by banana bread. Those are two that, again, I completely, completely vibe with. Tikka masala, much like butter chicken, chicken korma, and in fact, any of the creamy chicken curries, just as much as the super hot, spicy lamb curries or vegetable curries or dal. Yeah, in fact, most Indian food I've ever tasted has been astronomically delicious and has a real, real particular way of being comforting. And banana bread, again, so classic, so simple, but so comforting and very, very easy to love. Someone else commented that they love sushi, that they love pancakes with Nutella, not, you know, together with the sushi, and that they're also weak for their grandmother's pork chops. Now, while I've never eaten your grandmother's pork chops, and I've actually only ever eaten pork chops once in my life, very recently, I agree with all of these again. Sushi is incredible. Again, something I didn't kind of come to in life until I was in my early 20s, but something I would now happily eat on a daily basis in all of its many forms, from the cheap stuff to the high-end real stuff. Pancakes and Nutella is something I have been loving with you ever since I was a child. And something about specifically your grandmother's pork chops is something I love, love, love to hear about. Because sometimes, even if it's a recipe you can make yourself, sometimes the person making the food for you is what makes it so lovable. For example, I always think the pasta tastes better when my husband makes it. I always think that the chicken casserole I grew up eating tastes better when my mother makes it. There's just something, even if you were to follow the exact same steps, the same timings, the same ingredients, there's just something different when it's presented to you by someone you love as well. Following on and finishing with that theme, Another lovely commenter said that while they can be bribed with pasta, the dish that hits the spot for them is their mum's gherkin soup and hard-boiled eggs with potatoes and dill sauce. This one I love for being so specific and also being something that a lot of people elsewhere in the world maybe haven't tried. Without wanting to presume the background of the commenter, it seems like something that has origins in either kind of Central Eastern Europe or even in Scandinavia but it sounds absolutely delicious. It sounds hearty, it sounds like comforting winter food and it's a real particular selection of things that all sound like they go very very well together. I imagine even more so when your mum has made it for you and you didn't have to. (laughs) All in all some really 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 lovely responses from everyone this month. And while someone did share my most beloved food being chocolate, some honourable mentions from myself will go to soup and to bread. And both together. Soup as a Brit is something that has been a mainstay in my life since the day I was born. (laughs) And is something that, again, in all of its forms is just endlessly like a hug in a bowl. Whether it's bright green and full of vegetables that you had to dig out from the back of the fridge or whether it's rich and creamy and mostly just potatoes, it's gorgeous. 
whether it's winter or it's summer, if you've got soup, I am with you. (laughs) Bread gets a mention from me as well, as I mentioned. I'm not sure there's a type of bread that I don't like, whether it's traditional flatbreads, super tangy sourdoughs, oil-drenched focaccia, stuffed naan, a classic Scottish softy, a crusty French baguette, a dark kind of Central European rye bread. Oh, I need a snack. (laughs) And I think... As shared with another commenter, my other most beloved food would have to be cheese because as I've mentioned when trying to kind of take part in veganuary before and drop more animal products from my life, I can quite easily drop meat, very easily drop meat. Eggs other than baking, again, I can live without but when it comes to breaking up with cheese and I don't just mean cheddar, I mean all of them, I mean ricotta, I mean mozzarella. I mean Parmesan, I mean Crowdy, I mean Double Gloucester, I mean Stilton, I mean Stracciatella. All equal to me, all delicious and all just love in some white shape or other. (laughs) You're listening to the Sweet Nothings podcast. If you want to support the production, get access to exclusive foodie content and early access to podcast episodes, you can do so via Patreon. Just search for Sweet Nothings or Maverick Baking on Patreon. And thank you for everything. Even if you are completely single on the 14th of February, do remember that the love of food is always there. And you should always be there for it too. (laughs) Whether it's your grandmother's pork chops, whether it's sushi, whether it's oysters, whether it's cheese, or whether it's just a bag of chips from McDonald's. Whatever form your most loved food takes, show it some love in this season of commercialized romance. It deserves it, and you deserve it. (laughs) Love hearts and flying babies with bows and arrows aside, that's all I have for you guys this month in this rather brief but very fun episode. Discovering new Valentine's Day PR food is one of my favorite things to do, so thank you as always for allowing me to indulge in such nonsense. (laughs) And thank you doubly to everyone who was kind enough to share with me their most beloved food. It brings me real joy to see people gush about their adoration for food, especially when I know that some of those in the comments haven't always had an easy relationship with eating. It makes it extra nice to see. So thank you all for everything as always. I hope whether you are single or coupled up this month that it's treating you well and I will see you for the next one.